This show is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm serious. It's dirty. Really, really dirty. Still here? Then pour your favourite beverage, sit back, and let's get this fucking show started. Previously on Fantastic Forum. We were talking about the evolution of sex dolls. He'd never seen a flashlight. He'd never seen a, a, a real doll. Like, he didn't know what those were. So we were Did just you explaining. show him pictures? Oh, yeah. I, well, I showed him, accidentally showed him a picture of somebody using a flashlight. Oh, But, yeah, I, I feel like if there is going to be a robot uh, uprising, it's going to come from the sex dolls. Really? You know what? I'm sorry. Like, I don't even know where any of this stuff's supposed to fit in, I guess. So, uh, and that's okay. Well, where, like, where would yeah. you put uh, pernicious garbage? <laughs> he only asked you that so you can define pernicious. Yeah, I have no idea what pernicious <laughs> means. It's harmful, but like in like in a subtle way. Oh, so, so you might get hep C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there that's you go. the title of this episode. You might get hep C. Jonathan Hickman's going to review, uh, reboot the X-Men franchise. It's going to be just two books. They're going to be weekly, but, you know, but it's mm-hmm. only two books. So it's like, oh, I can do that. Like, I used to buy five, four different X-Men sagas at once. So right, like, right. But then I read those, and I just feel so stupid. I think you're not giving yourself enough credit, because what I will say to you is this. Is there plenty of people out here that think they understand what's going on, and they don't? Tune in to Fantastic Forum Live, Wednesday nights, 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific, on allgames.com. Pretty cool, I get the keys, we're just coming in and comment music. Tony. What is his Lois can never have Superman's baby. Ah, yes. You could have been melon body. Ah! 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 Hey, I tried to teach you how to handle fun in your sixth grade, but oh, you wanted to play a little bit in your sled. Aquaman's a hero! Thank you, Trisha. We now return you to Robin Boy Wonder. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. Thank you for joining us once again. We are here back live on allgames.com, bringing you a regularly scheduled talk about pop culture, the happenings in comics, movies, TV, little video games. Every now and then we get a little dark. Every now and then we get a little political. So you try to keep it to the minimum. I am Moses Magnum. I'll be hosting today fully because our lovable host, Mayor Young, is on vacation somewhere in the jungles of belize where they don't have 5g or lte or whatever he uses i don't know how much he pays for his cell phone plan but yeah hope he's having a good time and he comes back safe on the line i have 
our usual band of, well, I like saying usual band of idiots because that's what they used to say in Mad Magazine, but you guys might get offended. So I have the usual dudes that we talk shit with. We got Joe somewhere on the line right here. Well, I mean, Green Jello also called me an idiot, so I'm starting to get used to it. Look, as long as you don't take offense. And the other dude that he's the reason we are coming to in your ears right now is uh Oz. Who's Green Jello? A band. Yeah, they're a band. They did a song called Three Little Pigs. Yeah. And in the music video at the end of it, the moral of the story is that bands with no talent can easily amuse idiots with a stupid puppet show. <laughs> yeah. They're actually called Green Jelly. Oh, I know You're that right. band. They did the soundtrack for Maximum Carnage, too. I actually have that in, on my computer. Badass soundtrack. They also did a song recently called The Silence of the Sponge. Oh, I gotta check that it, out. It's pretty awesome. It's like a take on the SpongeBob SquarePants theme. Oh, nice. They had a song on that same album with the Three Little Pigs that it was about a guy trying to get this girl to pet his monkey. It was awesome. It was more like a skit than a song, but it did have a musical component to it. That titillated me when I was 11 years old. Anyway, we got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about The Terror, Infamy, on AMC, the second season of the hit show The Terror. It's a horror anthology show, so the second one is called Infamy because it has nothing to do with what happened in the first season. I'll talk about that. I'll also talk about a, a, I'll give you a first impression of a book. I can't really say a review because I'm only about 20 pages in and it's something like 100 pages. But it's a uh, book from uh, the publisher Top Shelf called They Called Us Enemy. Oz, you watch Titans, right? Is that what you're going to talk about? Yeah, I can say a little something about that. Yeah, we do a, we'll give you a, again, a first impression of Titans since... Larry's not here. I didn't watch it. Joe, did you watch Titans yet? No, I haven't. Joe can't watch it, remember? He still can't watch it? Well, it's not on PlayStation. It's on Xbox One, but I think you just have a PlayStation, right? Right. Yeah, we got to fix that. I don't know why Lawrence didn't hand you the, the extra laptop we got over there so you can watch it on that. Hmm, that would have been convenient. Well, I, I can... Look, this is when Larry's not here. We get to trash him. <laughs> It was the furthest thing from Larry's mind to give Joe, hey, we have this extra laptop that you could use for show purposes, pre-production and whatnot. Here you go. I know it works on that because I've, I've watched DC Universe on it. In Larry's defense, it, it, uh, he probably wants to keep it safe. Uh, heck, then chat. Look, this. Well, look, I'll get to chat later. Speaking of chat, you can be part of it. You can join us. You can call in and the lady will tell you how. Can I get in on the action? Call Fantastic Forum on Skype and join the fun. Too shy to call in? That's okay. You can join the Discord chat room available at allgames.com slash live. Join the party. You know you want to. It messes me up when Lawrence isn't here. Yeah. We had a rhythm going. Yeah, I know. But you have me. Well, you're not good at the rhythm method. No, I'm not. Uh, You know, I didn't grow up Catholic. Heck is no part of this in chat, says the game or the comic, Maximum Carnage OST, speaking to the soundtrack by Green Jelly. The game, they actually get, like, a, you know, when they give you the the acclaim and all the other logos that come up, Green Jellies comes up, too, which I always thought was cool because I was already a fan and, um, you know, it's music I liked. So, and 
I actually the soundtrack I have is a bootleg that somebody recreated. So it's not it's not real, but it sounds like the one in the game because I don't think they officially released the soundtrack for it. You know, back then it was all 8-bit and not a lot of people release. Well, now I feel more than before, but back then not a lot of people released music in that format. Uh, there's also a bit of news that we're going to get to at some point. Tire Klein Chat says the official title of the movie is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. I believe that news story is about two years old. I, yeah. bet, I bet if you told Lawrence today, he would still not remember that we talked about it. No, no. I actually, I want to see how. <laughs> I want to see how um, how good his memory is, because I remember when Joe. You, I'm pretty sure you remember, but we tried to watch Boruto without finishing Naruto Shippuden. Do you remember that, Joe? I don't. Like, I know I was doing that. I yeah. didn't know what were. Well, I was doing it, and you did it, and then Larry gave us shit for not watching the other stuff first. Oh, right. Yeah. So I want to see. I was going to tell him in the group text, but I, f- I figured I'm going to wait for, for him to do it on air. Because I'm sure he's not going to listen to this episode. But yeah, without further ado and further delay, Oz, give us a little bit of this Titans. Is it everything you were you hoped for from <laughs> the season two premiere? Is, is this show not sponsored? By DC Universe? 310. 310- Five three eight three one nine eight. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. See, Larry, Larry. That's why we miss Larry. I forgot to mention that this show is brought to you by not too proudly, but by the good people at Jeffrey's Comics. They'll give you a good deal. They'll give you a, your, anything you your your heart's desire in terms of pop culture collectibles and, and back order comics and pull lists and trade paperbacks. All you gotta do is give them a call. Three one zero five three eight three one nine eight. Yeah. I was a little excited to get into this Titans talk, you know. Anything with the TIT in it, I'm in. The first episode of season two came out, and to me, it seemed like it it was just wrapping up season one. Because season one did end on a cliffhanger, and so this was kind of a, the ending to that. I mean, the, episode one, you're going to have a fight with tri- Triton. Triton? Triton? Where the fuck? Before I do, even do. Triton. Raven's dad. Yeah. No, Trigon. Trigon. Yeah, Triton is uh, Ariel's dad, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. So last season ended where uh, Trigon comes in, comes into our world, looking very, very human. He actually looked like the dude from Gotham that plays the commissioner. Oh, that dude. The Why? Guy, the OC. Why does he look human? Because he's not fully on uh on our plane, I guess. Like he oh, something has right, to I... yeah something has to happen for him to like be fully powered up. And you, he does end up in his in his in his demon form. So yeah, cause I remember yeah. last season when he so where Beast Boy isn't even green. Yeah, well, he turns green when he's gonna turn into something. Like if he turns into a lion, it's not a regular colored lion; it's a green lion. Yeah, but he's supposed to be green all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got highlights. So of course, Pygon's a human, right? Yeah. Makes sense for this show. Right, and it, I think we said that was that was kind of a stupid thing last season so to to see him actually go full demon was kind of cool although it's like the last 10 minutes and i mean you open up season two fighting trigon because season one ended with raven and beast boy trapped in a house with trigon trigon and dick grayson runs in and gets possessed because 
the fuck's he gonna do against a demon? And so this this episode is the rest of the team kind of assembling and trying to rush in to, to help Raven. But of course, they're all regular ass humans, so they all get possessed. But the the way they get possessed is actually uh, kind of a cool thing because it it was a full episode in season one where he he uses your your darkest the darkest part of you your darkest thoughts against you like you give into your darkness. So in season one. It was uh, Grayson had like a hallucination that that Batman had gone crazy and was just killing all the villains. Like he straight up goes all Punisher. And so he has to go and kill Batman and him killing Batman was him giving into the darkness that he was he was afraid of. And that's how he gets possessed. That was a full episode in season one. In in season two, episode one, you get the same thing, but it's short because they, they go through five or six different people. You know, Jason Todd gets his uh hawk and dove get theirs uh fake ass uh starfire gets hers and wonder girl's there too but it's still it's kind of a cool little effective thing and they get taken over and it's really up to raven to stop her dad once he gets fully powered up uh he fully powers her up too like he he actually puts the crystal in her forehead and now she's as strong as him the the interesting thing I thought that I texted Mo immediately when I saw it because I know that's his thing is season one and the the for and for most of this this episode, I've had a problem with Raven's hair because it, it looks like a like a bad wig you would get like a Party City where you yeah. could, where it's 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 like plastic it's not real hair like you can see the shine from the nylon or the polypropylene or whatever the fuck they make it out of yeah and. After she fights, she has this fight with Trigon, and there's this huge explosion and you know, smoke everywhere, and that's when everybody comes out of their possession and looks over, and they do that thing where she walks out of the smoke. Dude, when she walks out of the smoke, it's like, you might as well have gotten a totally different actress. Like, the, her hair was all done, better makeup, like, she looked way better before after the explosion than she did before. And I, I told Mo, look, apparently... Those explosions are like a makeover. They, they fucking style your hair and everything. Like, they actually sprung for, if it's not her natural hair now that they just did, it's a very good wig. Like, it's it's actual, like, human hair wig because it does not look fake, well, at least compared to the to the other one. She looked great coming out of that. That, that, kind, of, that kind of threw me off a little bit because, like, she should be, like, a little bit messed up, right? She was just in an explosion. It should be burned, technically, because hair burns really quick. Right. Well, it was a paranormal explosion. It was like the explosion caused by her powers. It wasn't like a fire explosion. Well, you know, if there was heat, it could do it because you could burn people's hair with just a hair dryer. But your hair shouldn't be styled is the no, whole no, point. Like, at the she, very least, fuck up her hair. And like, well, I guess I got to go see a stylist. If she put on a bunch of, if she put on like five different fucking products and, and some heat protectant and whatnot, she might be okay, but at least from damage, but not style. <laughs> yeah, the the worst part of this episode is Bruce Wayne. That guy is not a good Bruce Wayne. He He's fighting his British accent. And you know what? I feel like they got that guy because he looks like he could be like, like he could play Adam West Batman in, if they made like a movie about like the making of Batman 66. I could see him as like a old ass uh, Adam West Batman, but even that, like, if he just recruited Jason Todd, he shouldn't be that old, right? And he's he he looks small. He he looks old and small and frail. They probably cut the deal like right before 
they they cut the deal before everybody saw the the Game of Thrones last season. And they're like, oh, this is a good name that people are going to flock to because he's in Game of Thrones. But you know, people have a bad taste in their mouth from Game of Thrones right now. You know, at the very least, dye his hair. I mean, dude was blonde. Oh, d- do the bare minimum to make him look like Batman. Cover like. the bald spot. Yeah, he would have been a way better Alfred. <laughs> yeah. Especially now that they're trying to make Alfred a badass with uh with his own show. Yeah. But yeah, so he was Bruce Wayne, and the only good part about that is it seems like because uh, it's it, Grayson goes up to Bruce Wayne and and they talk about why they broke up. It, it seems like they're gonna go back to the molestation, the the happy the happy Grayson. Oh, so so he moved past it, or yeah, it seems like he you know because he got like his most darkest part of him was revealed to him through the possession, and I guess yeah. he let that go. And that's how he had to come out of it. So do you do you feel like it's a waste that he was so broody in the first season? Yeah, especially if you're going to because they knew they were going to have Bruce Wayne in there because Jason Todd came in halfway through the through the first season. Yeah, it, it's a it's a waste. And especially if you're going to go with an old ass Bruce Wayne, just skip over Jason Todd, skip over Tim Drake, bring in Damien. Then you can have your old ass Bruce Wayne. And you have a, a Damien to contrast with with Grayson's like happy attitude. Mm. You know, you don't. There's plenty of characters with with dark stories in this show. You don't need Grayson to do that. He he could be the light of the show. Yeah, I see what you're saying. O- overall, like this first episode of this second season, how would you compare it to like your first impression of the first season? It's better. I like a lot of the characters. I, Bruce Wayne, I, I hate, but I don't see him doing much in, in it like i think that was just it that was just for for grayson to go, go get closure yeah. starfire still looks like shit but she doesn't look like a prostitute anymore and it looks like they're gonna straighten out her hair deathstroke a- deathstroke shows up and he obviously he looks fine okay i love jason todd in this like that's that's jason todd i mean he's just a little asshole yeah that's why people voted him dead <laughs> hawk and dove are cool and yeah those those guys are cool because even in their first episode of the early of the first season like in their episode they, that was like the best episode yeah and then uh who else wonder girl she's been fine she she looks like like donna troy her her outfit is the is that classic red with the with the gold stars okay uh the what i want to see is the nightwing suit because it and the the scenes that we saw in the trailer of of grayson back in the robin outfit thank god aren't they were all part of the of Jason Todd's hallucination because he had to fight the the old is a Robin versus Robin thing. And, oh, okay. And his actually his giving into his dark side was one of the better ones of of all the characters. And it, it might just be me because I have a thing for Robin. Yeah. But overall, you love Dick. Yeah, dude. I laugh so much. Like there's one one point where like after Grayson comes out of his possession and uh-huh. and everybody else is coming out of theirs. Ray, Raven tells him, oh. Dick will fill you in, and I just started laughing so hard. <laughs> but there's a, there's another point where or Hawk and Dove go to get Jason Todd. Well, really, they go to get Batman, but Jason Todd's the only one there. Hawk is like, because you know Jason Todd's a dick, and and Hawk's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this dude. And Dove like straight face looks at him and is like, like, okay, but first let's go get Dick. It's just. <laughs> Like that that happens like three or four different times. And I I think I, I laughed every time. Now you watched some of the porn parodies, right? Saw the Batman sixty six one. Okay. 
at any point did he like tell somebody like hey you want some dick no that's a missed opportunity they didn't act you know what the the women saying we need to find dick and dick will fill you in just that that's all you need yeah that's that, that's subtle enough man i i know the writers did that shit on purpose because they could have said grayson they could have said robin no they went with dick yeah so overall the first episode they're, they're they're doing better after one episode. We'll see if it holds up. I never thought season one was horrible. I just don't like the characters. I, Starfire has bugged me from the beginning. And yeah. they, they keep it up with season two because Bruce Wayne was awful. I, I, just, <laughs> I hope that's the last we see of that dude. Well, the thing about the first season was that it was, it could have had, I couldn't stick with the story just because of how bad the effects were on certain things, how bad the, the just like you said, like, the casting, but the costume design, too, you know? Yeah. And, so, you know, uh, I don't know if I could put up with another season. I mean, I'll do it for for the show for our uh, commentary purposes. But, yeah. And you know what? Trigon by itself looked good. But uh, comparing it to, to Swamp Thing, like, when he's walking in the field, he looks good. But he, it's like, it's that weird thing where you can kind of tell he's not really there i think i think we saw that with like hulk a couple of times it's something me and you noticed i don't think lawrence noticed it well you know it's funny that you mentioned that because uh now that you know people have 4k they're complaining about that funeral scene and the floating head stuff the stuff that you and i saw in the theater people are complaining about it at home now you know, not on the internet at all, but like the people that I whose hair I cut, they're like, oh, I watched it like four times already since I came out on Blu-ray and 4K and I have a 4K TV and UHD and whatever the fuck. And they're like, I go, well, how was that scene? Like, did it look like people were just floating around in the funeral scene? It's like, yeah, that scene looked a little weird in 4K. So I don't know. I mean, they that, say everybody was there, but I still contend that they weren't. That that might be it because I watched it in 4K. So maybe yeah, I'm getting the full floaty floaty effect. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe one day. Look, it's gonna be one of those things where you know, a thousand years from now, the next civilization will say I'm a prophet for knowing these things because it'll come out that I, I was right. <laughs> you know, right now everybody says no. That was the the you know. It's good PR to say that. Oh, we were all so sad and somber. In the funeral, like we had a real funeral on set, and I'm like, no, oh, get the fuck out of here. Nobody was in there. There's like at least half of those people weren't in that room, and they were just composited it in. Yeah, they look. Even the people that were there were composited. I mean, Captain Captain Marvel, she didn't even have a wig. That they CG her hair like that. Yeah, I, I saw some behind the scenes. She's just wearing like a stocking on her head. She's not even wearing a wig. That's crazy. That's why her her short hair version looks so funny. Man. In fact, her stunt woman actually has that haircut and looked way better. Well, it, the, that, the actual haircut for Miss Mar or Captain Marvel is actually a cool haircut. Like, when you actually do it and you style it properly, properly like, it looks really cool. I saw, a, I saw an old lady with it at Smart and Final this weekend. And it was like, it was an old lady pulling off that haircut. And I'm like, man, look, I want that old lady haircut. I might get it. Pro I'm probably not going to hate season two as much as season one. Yeah. It seems like they're fixing a lot of their fuck-ups, which tends to be what happens with these shows. I, there's, I know this isn't the first time I said, well, if you keep watching it, at some point they fix up the fuck-ups because I guess they, they listen to our show and we criticize them. So we'll it's see. so weird how that happens sometimes, where it's like shit that we say ends up happening. 
And uh, I like to think we have something to do with it, but who knows? Maybe we're like, we're speaking so loud that it goes into the collective unconsciousness. Let's see. In chat, Tiger Claw says, I remember the Birds of Prey TV show. I enjoyed it. It had that Tim Burton Batman feel to it. And uh, Jay Random said, as if that's a thing. GZ Dr. Forrest says, uh, I'm sorry, go, Sage. That was in, that was in, uh, as if that's a thing was a uh, continuation of a thought where, I was saying Birds of Prey was terrible. Uh-huh. Uh, Huntress was a half meta, as if that's a thing. Oh, okay. Ah, that's right. There, I see it. Uh, it says, Tiger Claw says, yeah, Huntress was the daughter of Batman and Catwoman, and the reason why Batman wasn't around during this series is because Catwoman was killed, and he was distraught about it, and he looked that he left Gotham. That never makes I don't know why they keep trying to make Catwoman a meta. I don't know why they keep trying to make Batman leave Gotham. Like, they did it in the third uh, Nolan Batman movie, too. Yeah, Harley Quinn in that in that show sucked, though. And I guess that's why that Batwoman is like that, too, right? Because he left it in, in the third Nolan Batman movie. Uh, What Batwoman? That Batwoman, uh, the Batwoman TV show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they tried to make that connection. Yeah, I, they, they just said he left, but they don't, yeah. they don't know why. Okay. By the way, that show had a re- had a decent Batgirl, but she only shows up like a couple of times. Which one? Birds of Prey? Yeah. She was Oracle in it, but they would do flashbacks of her being Batgirl, oh, and she well, looked the great. Design, yeah, the costume design for her, and all the flashback stuff was tight in terms of like costume design and how it looked. Like It's like it made you want to watch that instead of Birds of Prey. Yeah. yeah. But Look, actually, I, know was, I don't know a lot about being paralyzed from the waist down, but I was given to understand that means you have no feeling from the waist down. So I don't see how you could have like a sex scene with the girl that is paralyzed from the waist down. Um, That's how long his dick was. It went past her waist. <laughs> so here's the thing. So the paralyzed from the waist down is can be different for different people. I know a guy, uh, he goes by the name of Wheels because uh, he took a dive into a pool that was too shallow, and now he walks around, well, he rolls around on a set of wheels. And uh, his penis still works, and he enjoys fucking. But, you know, he doesn't feel his legs, doesn't feel his toes, and he doesn't feel his penis, but it gets hard when it's stimulated. So he doesn't feel it, but his brain feels it. His brain knows it's being touched and played with. And his brain knows, like, he, he only gets sensation below the waist when he climaxes. Okay. So I, I, that's how he describes his uh, situation. So it might explain hers, but, you know. Okay. It, that always bugged me. Yeah. I, I can see. Oh, yeah. And I love that actress, too. Uh, Dina Meyer. Like she, like yeah, she's she's she was a good uh, back girl. Let's see what else is in chat here. It says uh, GZ Doctor Fred says uh, I didn't I didn't know it had anything to do with the comics and uh, was the Angel show about the comics too. And typically those uh, if he's talking about the Buffy spinoff, usually they they try to keep those connected to the TV show. But I don't know about his. Oh, <laughs> he was talking about. What is it? Uh, Dark Angel, this, the Jessica Alba show that had nothing to do with comics. Did you guys enjoy that show? I never watched it. Uh, it was okay. Um, you know, it was James Cameron doing a TV show, so that was cool. You know, like honestly, as a teenager with raging hormones, I only loved the episode because they used cat DNA for them for her type of genetic engineering people. So she would go in heat like a cat, and that was 
that was awesome. But I guess once they show you that, they can't show that a lot. So it's just the show lacks luster. Uh, since we're on the DC expanded half meta universe shit, Joe, did you watch that other trailer for Joker that came out last week? Yes, I did. Oh, I saw that when I was at the movies. What did you think? Um, it was a lot better trailer because it wasn't as dragged out and boring. Does it make you feel like well? Before I guess before that question, how um, how did you feel early on? Like, what was your impression of that movie? Like, were you excited about it? Did you? Uh... No, it seemed like it was gonna be like a really slow kind of not much happening. Just a guy getting shit on for two thirds of a movie, and then the Joker ish type of thing. But honestly. I've been feeling a lot better about the movie since I've been thinking of it as like a black label where they kind of just reimagine shit in stupid ways. Okay. And then censor it? Right. So it's like, I feel better about seeing the movie now. And, and okay, so now with that new trailer, you feel better about seeing the movie? Well, no, since I started thinking about oh, this black label. Okay. This trailer, I mean, the trailer doesn't look great. I mean, it's... Like I said, it is a better trailer than the first one, but it still just looks like two-thirds of a movie of a guy getting shit on and then the Joker <laughs> somehow. I um from I still haven't watched it, but from the few things I've seen, I just keep thinking of that, that episode of the cartoon, Make Him Laugh. Let me see. That one is where he's... Remind me? He's the stand-up comic, and he's got the family, and then he puts on the red hood to go try and be a criminal to make extra cash. Was that in a cartoon? I gotta rewatch that series. Yeah, well, that episode was great, and uh, yeah, I think the flashbacks to when he was a comic were like in black and white too, right? Something like that. In the cartoon? Yeah. 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 No, it, it was. It was like it, it's probably the best Alan Moore adaptation ever. I'm still debating. Like, cause in my mind, I still have Watchmen the movie. Like, I still, I, I like that movie. I, I, I've watched it high, sober, drunk. Like, it, it's always fucking awesome. But I, I think like that, that is probably the best. That episode of the cartoon is probably the best Alan Moore adaptation ever. Speaking of cartoons, uh, Oz, uh, uh, have you watched Young Justice? No, I haven't watched any of the Young Justice on the DC stuff. I. I stopped with before the, the the service started, but I plan to get back to it. I just feel like I need to watch the first two seasons again. Uh, people have been talking about the season finale, and apparently Saturn Girl's in it. Oh, so they're going with uh, the Legion of Superheroes thing? For next season. I'm excited. I don't know how I feel about that, because Legion of Superheroes always seems like a, like a Superman thing. Yeah, but when they do it with other people, like, it works out good not when they did it with supergirl which one was that one the tv show oh oh the, the, but that's because supergirl's a bad tv show period yeah it it's is awesome when they did it in the cartoon with yeah. supergirl and the legion of superheroes in the batman animated in the justice league animated, justice league animated. yeah in justice league unlimited they do it yeah that was awesome i, and don't, then, I don't remember that one that one was awesome oh. even that cartoon sure. They had to call Superboy Superman. I like that. Too. What it was Superman and, and uh, 
supposed to be Supergirl, but the network didn't think a cartoon with a woman at the lead would do well. I'm sorry, start from the beginning again? You got cut off a little bit. Uh, the Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes? That was supposed to be Supergirl, like... The creators wanted Supergirl, but the network didn't think an action show led by a woman would be would uh, do well. That's tough. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember that episode, but I really only remember one episode of Justice League Unlimited, and it's the greatest story never told. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's in the news, too. Booster Gold. But we'll get back to that when we get to news. But yeah, this Joker movie, if it gets to be uh, half as good as that episode of Batman the Animated Series, I think I'll be okay with it, you know? Because yeah. ultimately, like, I'm just happy to not have that SoundCloud rapper Joker anymore, you know? He might yeah, be, I know what you mean. He might be back in the Birds of Prey movie. Well, he is from the videos that we got that we leaked. Yeah, but they could still cut that out. Apparently, they cut out a bunch of them in the, in the first uh, Suicide Squad movie. Oh, okay. And he might also be back for the second Suicide Squad movie, too. <laughs> now, did either of you see the it teaser trailer no i didn't i didn't get to go see it at all and i wanted well, to the harley they have a birds of prey teaser trailer in front of that movie it's actually kind of funny is that the <laughs> one where she, she comes out with the hammer at the beginning and says something yeah she like uh hit some balloons with the hammer she like i'm so tired of fucking clowns yeah, I saw that, but it was in German, so I don't know. I didn't know she said that. Yeah. Can that go in our? Uh... I think Tireclaw posted it earlier. Oh, okay. I can scroll up and read. No, no. Um. Yeah, he posted it. The image is her holding the, her mallet, and it's the 4K trailer. Okay. And it's kind of cool because at the movie they actually play that after the trailers, so it's like when the movie is supposed to start, they play that instead. And it's yeah. kind of funny. But that was it. That's all. It wasn't like a trailer for the movie or anything. Nah. Uh, yeah. I, I, well, thank you, Tiger Claw, for wasting our time with that. But Joe, thank you for pre-production. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if I would have if I would have watched that as part of the show, <laughs> I would have been pissed. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, all right. I'm gonna move over to. They called us enemy. It's a memoir. Of you guys know who George Takei is? Yes. Yeah, Sulu. Right. Uh, he was a when he was a little boy, he got thrown into a Japanese American internment camp during World War II, right after Pearl Harbor. And he, um, this is his memoir of his time there. I think it was like two or three years there, but it's actually written in the way that it, it's it's kind of interesting because they took his um his TED talk. And then transcribe that for the narration. Then he does his like writing of like his account when it happens. And they, they, so they, they, that's like a separate, it's still the plot that flows with the narration. But then it, you know, because his TED talk is a little more stream of consciousness about that, it shifts to different points of his life. And the artist and scriptwriter, uh, it was, it, it, it's his story is from his monologue and it's written by justin isinger and scott uh, steven scott with art by harmony becker and yeah it just kind of jumps back and forth like you know fdr was the guy franklin delano roosevelt for for those of you who don't know was the president at the time and he he did the executive order 
9066, which uh, allowed people to be discriminated in that way. And so, he, you know, and then you see his perspective as a little boy, not knowing where he's going, not knowing, like, the injustice of it and shit like that. But then you watch, you see his parents, like, go through it, too. And I'm only, like, 17, 20 pages in, and it's, like, it's a lot of, uh, you know, emotion reading it. Because, you know, you don't want to see little kids suffer. You don't want to see little children suffer. But that a lot of that happens. <laughs> and, you know, and right when it's, like, happening like that, he's describing his own sense of adventure because he's just confused about where he's going because they just took him in the middle of the night. And then, then it just flashes forward when he's, like, at the anniversary of that executive order he's like sitting in the fdr like presidential library you know doing another talk about it and that that, that whole net they actually they draw out the narration too it's not just caption boxes so it'll it'll flash like it's almost like it this should be like a movie in a sense because it, it it shows it, it, it just jumps from time it's so like non-linear so far in terms of the way that the time flows in it but it is linear. Like, it's so weird. And I think visually as a movie that it would it would play well. Like, that dynamic would play well. Not better than the comic in a sense. Like, not saying it should be that instead of the comic. Because the comic itself is actually very... It's not as confusing as, a, as I'm making it sound. It, it's a dense read. I thought I was, like... I was breezing through it the first five pages. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be done in an hour. And I got to... Oh, I'm on 51. I think I read about an hour, but the first like five, six, seven pages, I I got through real fast. I'm like, I'm going to be done with this quick, thinking I would be done by Wednesday today. And it didn't happen. It got a little too heavy for me. I had to just put it down. I I can't read this for too long. You know, I don't know if I'm just too sensitive or what. Yeah, that was my experience reading that. And no, I know what you mean. Like there are a lot of books like that where it's like you just can't power through it. It's exhausting almost. Right. And I guess that's, I mean, that's part of the experience of reading when you read something that just, like, gives an emotional reaction, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, whether it's humor or rage or anger or, you know. And this is it's done in a in kind of a manga style. This is not uh, right to left, but because he is a Japanese-American, like, he insisted it be done in a in a manga style. So it's black and white, you know, not like the nine-page standard comic format. It's a little, maybe like six or seven panels at the most. Some are just like weird, like scenes with like a panel or two, you know. And uh, and it has a good flow, like in the caption boxes and in the word bubbles, everything. Even like the little like sound lettering, like just flows well. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I get it. Usually with these like memoir type comics they become either boring or they're drawn in a way that's not expressing what the the writer or speaker in this case is trying to get. But here, I don't get that sense at all. So that's my first impression. I, I don't want to give it a, uh, a you know, uh, five pushy bayonet military. <laughs> pushy bayonet? Yeah, because, you know, they're pushing you to go into that bus, you know, because they're like, what's going on? Like, I'm an American citizen. Why are you doing this? And then instead of saying shut up or anything, they're like, just get in. Aren't you guys supposed to be obedient? Like, they sh- shit like that, you know? And uh, so, yeah, I didn't, 
I can't give it the full five pushy bayonets out of five yet because I'm only on page 51 out of 205. But that's my first impression. And it's, I think, look, you might hear from this, me finishing this book in about probably five episodes from now. If it's like that, like I have to take a break every like 50 pages or so, you know, because I took a break on Monday and I, I'm like, oh, should I go back? And it, it's like, I want to go back to read it, but it, it's like, I, emotionally, I don't know if I'm ready, you know, because it's a little jarring. GZ Dr. Forever says, did you also cry when you saw Django Unchained, 12 Years a Slave, or Roots? Django Unchained, no, but the emotional responses from Django Unchained were a little different because I was watching him succeed. Here with this, you know, ultimately I know George Takei succeeded, but I'm not watching it yet, so... It's not the same as that. And 12 Years a Slave, I specifically stayed away from because I knew what a, uh, uh, I, I, the, the pond of tears I left at Roots. <laughs> so uh, I'm staying away from 12 Years a Slave altogether. Are uh, you talking about the new Roots or the old Roots? I didn't watch the new Roots no, at the, all. The Reading Rainbow Roots. Yeah, I'm, I, didn't, I didn't watch the new Roots at all because it's like, that's too heavy. Like Schindler's List too. Like I watched that as a little kid. I'm like, made me angry and sad and it's like this is what i this is the world i have to look forward to like well no it happened in the past i'm like well what's stopping it from happening again you know like it just takes the 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 right dude or wrong dude to get into power and the bunch of fucking jerk offs to follow you know right and oh he goes gz dr forever says uh it's the same thing about rounding up people selling and abusing them too yeah like that whole shit pisses me off like i I hate all that. I can't. I know, like, from a historical sense, you have to, um, you can't shy away from it. That's the, especially here in the U.S., like, that's, you have to look into that ugly mirror to, you know, if you, you're a patriot, like, that's part of your patriotism. It's the shit that, now, it's, you could either look at it and say, hey, we can do better from here on out or go back into it, you know? And unfortunately, it's like it goes every direction with that, you know, because people are people are the un, the inconsistent variable that fucks shit up. Right. And I think that's the title for this week's episode, the inconsistent variable that fucks shit up. I wish Larry was here so I could talk to him about this, too, because I know he I know he would really like this this memoir, too. But as far as a comic book read, it's good. It flows good. It's it's an easy read aside from the emotional shit for me, but other people might be able to to, to power through it a little more. And it, it kind of reminds me of Mouse a lot too. No, I ha- never just well. I see. I'm not sure I started with that. I always wanted to read Mouse, but I don't think I ever got around to it. I thought you yeah. would have read it just for the art alone. Well, yeah. I mean, it's one of those like that you you read in college or you read when it came out, but you you. It's almost because so many people talk about it, you know exactly what it's about that you never get to read it, even if you didn't, if you wanted to. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, uh, you know, like, Joe, you saw 2001 Space Odyssey? No. But you know every point in it, like, like if you saw it. Yes. Yeah, like, it's one of those things. And I, that's how Mouse is. And hopefully, you know, I, I would like for more people to read this memoir. Uh, they call this enemy because it's something that, you know, not... Not a lot of people, you know, they talk about Pearl Harbor a lot. They talk about, you know, well, you know, we're right here. We're on the the, the anniversary of 9-11. But they don't talk about the shit that goes on around it after it because of it. You know, like how your freedoms are taken 
for a false sense of security. Right. We're seeing it little by little with every mass shooting. It, you know, it gets harder and harder to just go into a, you know, like a civic center or a government building. And it's like, hey, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, it's the, 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 this, this flexing of a security muscle that isn't really there just irks me. Tyreclaw says what Moses Magnum is trying to say is he didn't want to cry like a baby in front of his wife. He doesn't want her to know his weakness. No, Tyreclaw, look, you marry the woman that can watch you cry. <laughs> like that, that's really it. <laughs> that, that's if, the one and, person that that can see you be a little bitch and accept it. Uh, yeah, and love you for it. So yeah, that that's how you know Tyreclaw is not a married man. <laughs> GC Doctor for us, John. President Ronald Reagan signed into law the Civil Liberties Act of 19, which apologized for the internment on behalf of the U.S. government and authorized payment of 20000 equivalent to 42000 in 2018 to each camp survivor. Yeah, I mean, that's fine and dandy. I mean, look, I, it's a good, that's a good thing, but it's one of those things that shouldn't have happened the way it did. And, I mean, you know, since we are on the anniversary of 9-11, we saw a lot of our, like, that little rock in the pond sent a lot of ripples and fucking up our privacy our our little bit of freedom and you know our illusion of freedom became a little bit more of an illusion <laughs> because of it the patriot act and you know basically if if i had a beef with my neighbor but i decided to scare him a little first i wouldn't have i wouldn't necessarily have the right to an attorney if we got in a fight. You know what I mean? Like, that's how, that's how simple, like, that big Patriot Act that took two planes going into buildings fucks with the little guy. That's an American citizen that has no intention of imposing his or her religious beliefs through violence. We're not here to discuss the legalities of these things. This book just tells you what happened from a guy that lived at the end. That's me talking about They Called the Sun. <laughs> okay. Another thing I wanted to talk about was a TV show called The Terror. Have you seen it, Joe? It's on AMC. No, I don't get regular TV. Okay. So The Terror is a, like, horror anthology, like, I guess, you know, like your American horror story where each season is different. This one's called The Infamy or The Terror Infamy, the second season. And it deals with the, uh, the Bakemoto, you know, that, that evil spirit in Japanese lore. I'm sorry, the, the what? The Bakemoto. Oh, I just like how you said it the first time. Oh, yeah, Bakemoto. Yeah, they, they say that a lot. I've been saying that for like two weeks. <laughs> Bakemoto. You know, the shape-shifting demon and vengeful spirit. But it actually takes, <laughs> it actually takes place uh, in 1942 Terminal Island, where they did a lot of this uh, Japanese-American internment camp, like, incarcerations. So it has a similar, I'm reading this book and watching the show with similar themes, only this is more on a horror aspect. And the beauty of this show is that it, it does feel like a historical fiction for a lot of the time. And then it just kicks into the horror and the horror is just creepy, like Japanese style horror, like, you know, like Ringu, you know, or Juon, not the American counterparts, but the Japanese ones where it's like they're just showing you what's scary and it's just so tense and they're walking all weird and, and you know, kind of like missing frames to make it look creepier. Joe, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, so this show does that while doing this historical fiction. And, you know, the performances and everything are fucking great. It just looks like a good historical fiction TV show and then it kicks into this horror. 
not like jump scare either. Like it just it you savor that moment where you're gonna be scared as fuck. Like I know Larry would hate it, but what helps what it would help Larry is that there's not like well I don't know if it will help him or hurt him, but you don't know when that horror is coming because you get so sucked into the historical fiction aspect of it. Did you watch the first season also? I'm actually watching the first season like while I watch the second too. Oh okay. Um, the first season is also historical fiction when they're trying to find the Northwest Passage through like the Arctic Circle from the okay. the British like uh, Navy, and uh, it deals with the horror aspect too with um, folklore from I guess you know more of the native peoples from Canada and, and the Americas, and it kind of reminds me of that one issue of Sweet Tooth, but nobody remembers what I'm talking about. Or I don't right. But yeah, that's actually pretty good too. There's a lot of good performances. They're all, you know, British actors and they're good actors. And the production, the production on it's really good because the effects are good. Like, I mean, it's got to be all green screen because they're not actually going to go and take these old clipper ships into the Arctic and have them freeze. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, but you don't feel like nothing in the first episode, nothing about the effects actually took me out of it. For Infamy, the second season, the effects could have been a little better. But, you know, they're big explosions and shit on a TV budget, on AMC budget. Like, AMC actually, like, if you don't get it, you can actually just go on their app, like, download their app to your phone or tablet and just watch it. Because they had feud with, like, DirecTV and Charter and AT&T Cable. And eventually all these cable companies kind of merged. So even if they didn't have a beef with them, they still kind of have a side beef with them. So they just said, fuck it, we'll just put it on the apps and people watch it. And if they don't want commercials and they want bonus features, they could pay $4.99 a month. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of stuff from AMC eventually ends up on Shudder too. Because Nosferatu is on on Shudder now. Oh, awesome. I've been wanting to watch that. I watched like the first five episodes or four episodes and it was really good too. I really liked it a lot, but I'll get, um, I'll get to it eventually. (laughs) Probably in the winter break from all the other shows. But yeah, the terror infamy is is a good show. If you want to learn about Japanese American internment camps and Bakemoto's and Yure's, it's good. It's really good. GZ Dr. Fred says, why do the green ghosts have tits? It kind of takes away the scare. Burr says, too turned on to be scared? You know, fear boner is a pretty star- strong boner. Like, you get scared enough to get a boner, that's a good thing. That's why I don't go to Not Scary Farm anymore. <laughs> you get boners at Not Scary Farm? Oh, yeah. There was, I went to the Jack the Ripper maze, and there was, like, whores in it. And then they were, like, scary. So I, I couldn't, like, I didn't know whether to be scared or tiddly. But that's neither here nor there. Right. Joe, you saw, you saw it? Yeah. Yeah, why don't you give us a little bit of your impressions of it okay so it chapter two is of course when the kids the losers club has grown up and they get called back to Derry in order to fight the clown again it and uh it's actually pretty interesting because it basically takes place now but they still like it deals a lot with the stuff that happened when they were kids and uh so you see like a lot of you know, a lot of flashback scenes of like when they were kids and it's all stuff that happened after the first movie. Oh, okay. So it's like, it's it's not like anything repeated. It's all new information that happens after the first movie. And uh, so, yeah, it basically starts out with murders and Mike calls everybody and it's 
kind of weird. Like, this is the one weird part. Like, he calls everyone and says, you have to come back home. And he doesn't tell them why. But they all consider that lying since he wants them to all face Pennywise. Which, that's weird. But basically, once they get home, everyone... uh, Mike's found a ritual that can defeat Pennywise. And they each have to, like, get a totem a token of their youth and so they kind of split up and it's super interesting like because every totem is like super personal and so you know you get like a whole bunch of new information about the character and uh it's a yeah just like an interesting character study of these kids who are now adults and they tried the ritual and have their final battle against Pennywise. So it's a really good movie. Like, I like it a lot. There are some points where you could kind of feel the length of the movie because it's kind of a long one. Okay. But uh, it's still pretty good. If I had any beef with it, it's some of the effects are not good. And I don't mean that they're bad and that they... It's not like a technical limitation. I think it's just like they made a choice for how something should look, and it was the wrong choice. Okay. Like, you know the effect from uh, from the Alice in Wonderland, the Tim Burton one? Yeah. Yeah, they do that sometimes. The big head one? Yeah. Oh, and it didn't work. It didn't work well. No, it's not scary. Oh. But fortunately, there are some effects that are that do work. But it's just a couple of times their choices are not good. Ooh. The one thing though is that the characters are actually decent characters. So it's like just knowing, like their story, kind of takes you through the movie. Like I could look past when the effects aren't great in order to like get this whole story Hmm. now uh, the casting like how is the adult counterparts to the kids how's that work in this one does it work well yeah they actually have some pretty good choices i thought with the exception of and people are different like people look different when they grow up but yeah i think they just have like a good choice for these kids uh the adults okay uh, GZ Doctor Ferrer says, uh, if you see a deeper meaning to the movie, like why does he only go after kids, not adults who stay? Are parents sacrificing the kids to remain safe? The interesting thing about that is the first victim we see, not the first victim that happens, but the first victim we see on screen is an adult. Mm. So I remember someone uh, talking to me about that during chapter one. Like, why does he only go after kids? And it's like, I don't know. But this one, the first person he goes after is an adult. And then he goes after kids after that. Mm -hmm seemingly at random with the exception of one kid is like a revenge thing or not revenge but basically the adults have a run-in with the kid and so they have like a little bit of a moment and so he targets the kid uh just to like fuck with them uh because i uh, i know like it well in the in the book he he explains why he goes after kids or they explain rather the, the, the author it is because they're, they get more scared by things, and the fear marinates the meat, and they taste better. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, like you said, he did an adult in this one. There's adults that get scared of shit, like, way too much. 
like you see them in your regular life sometimes. So it's not it's whatever tastes good to Pennywise. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that kind of makes it a little weird because the adult that he goes after, yes, he's wounded, so he's an easy mark, but he's not afraid. He actually just stood up to some bigots and got the shit kicked out of him, but he was pretty much fearless. Even as they were uh, beating him, he was like talking shit about the guy's hair. So that, that might be a little weirdness. Well, the movies, even the old one, takes liberties from the book. Like you mentioned, the ritual. Mm-hmm. That ritual, they need something. In the book, it's different, the ritual. Hey, don't you have to bite his tongue or something? No, in the in the, the ritual in the book is they all fuck the girl. Well, yeah, that's when they're kids. But then when they're adults, it's like some shaman thing or something where they have to like bite his tongue and yeah, something like that. They connect their brains. Yeah. It's like energy. But, yeah, and it's a psychic battle, so the fact that like them believing that it works is what makes it work because the ritual was actually like crap or something. Well, because the fear is what holds them back, and the fear is what he feeds on. And then he turns into a spider, right? Did he turn into a spider in the movie? Yeah, like not full spider, but yeah, so he's a spider, like a spider scorpion type abomination did uh did they mention the turtle at all the turtle yeah the turtle that created the universe no they did not oh that's a sad moment in the book when it dies yeah uh, i'll bet it is <laughs> dude i have to read this book it, it, it's a tur it's a turtle that oh. threw up and accidentally created that that was the big bang was the turtle threw up yeah no one of the awesome things about this movie, though, is fucking Stephen King just really, like, taking the piss out of himself, where one of the characters is a writer, and everyone, like, goes up to him and says, oh, I loved your book, but the ending sucked, which is awesome, because that's, like, a huge complaint labeled at Stephen King. Yeah. And, like, of course, he cameos in the movie, and he says it, too, like, to the <laughs> writer guy. So it's like that's one thing I love about Stephen King is like he can laugh at himself. Did the oh, did the ending of the movie also kind of suck? Because I heard people complain about it. Actually, the the I ending. Heard of the movie uh, throughout the movie, not just the ending. Oh, see, I just heard the ending. Like they like they were like, well, it's it's a great movie, but the ending was stupid or something like that. It's kind of like what you guys said. What happens in the book? Not with the ritual, but, like, basically the fear, and I don't know if we're doing spoilers. I know it just came out. I don't know if anyone in uh, chat or on the air cares. I'm okay with it. Anybody that's listening at this point, if you don't want spoilers on IT Chapter 2, uh, just hit pause and, and come back to us. Well, give us a thumbs up and then come back to us after you see it. Um, whatever, wherever you download our podcast, whether it's iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, CastBox, podcast yeah you, you you'll resume you'll be able to resume so yeah you can go ahead and spoilers larry's not here okay so basically for the ending uh they figure out that like one of the sacred laws is that you have to take the shape you have to obey the laws of the shape you're in okay. or something and so they're trying to like make him shrink so that they kill him while he's like smaller than them uh but he won't do it and so they figure out that's not the uh, Mike is like, well, that's not the only way to f- make someone feel small. And so they basically just start taunting him. They basically stop being afraid of him and start taunting him. And that allows him to, like, that, like, shrivels him up 
to the point where they grab his heart and crush it. I think I'm okay. So, I'm okay with right? that, but it's no writing on the back of a giant turtle. Yeah, but I mean, look, the the first movie was so fucking tight too, and it wasn't that either. Yeah, I didn't see it either. What the the first one? Yeah, I haven't. I think I saw some of the series, but I don't think I saw the whole thing. It was only two episodes, but there were two two-hour episodes. Okay, so then I probably did see the whole series. That was so long ago, though. I really like. I remember the what he looked like, and that you know that he ate kids. But eh, yeah, about it. No, I mean, if you actually watch it, like it still holds up. It's one of those things like you can even like the new one and like that one separately. It, it's weird. Like, it's one of those things where I didn't mind the changes. I like the, what they did with it, you know? And, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I read books and shit, you know? I didn't read the books like that. So uh, what do I care what they change, you know? But I like the first movie a lot, and I do like, I did like chapter one a lot. So you're going to watch chapter two? Yeah, I'm going to watch chapter I'll probably go on a Wednesday morning or something before people show up. Asked in chat if they can make it chapter three. Um, well, Pennywise is dead. Mm-hmm. So, but the thing about Stephen King is like everything is connected. Yeah. So I don't know if Pennywise has a brother or a cousin or something. Well, they could do a prequel. Three. I mean, Pennywise has been around for a couple thousand years at this point, right? More than that, millions. Yeah. He landed on Earth. Like they try to make it seem like it's his meteor that destroyed the dinosaur. And he's been sleeping for, like, a long time. And then he comes and eats every 27 years after, like, the first 63 million years or something. Yeah, so they could do a prequel. But it would just be, like, him eating because nobody really defeated him up until those the Losers Club. Right. And so what they could do is they could really do just, um like, the Anthony Bourdain show where he just eats and talks. <laughs> Actually, what, what I was thinking more was... Hey, if they if they found the ritual in this new one, then they could show people coming up with it and just fail. Like by the well, time they figured it out, it was too late. And the thing is, it's so here's the thing. So if they would actually follow the books, they could show a prequel because the actual ritual is a Native American ritual, which means that it was prophesized and people dealt with him before white people came to the to you know. United States. Yeah, they failed though because they didn't believe in the ritual. Uh, but it would make a good prequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will just have to be the where Pennywise wins, which would that those are usually like the good horror movies too, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess well, when when it comes to it, it's not so much about the horror as much as it is. Well, it's as much about the horror as it is about the ki- the characters too, you know? Right. It's not like a straight-up horror movie where the monster wins or loses. Right. Overall, how many uh, how many Native American rituals would you give it out of five? I would give it four out of five. Okay. Like, I, for the most part, I think it's really good. Just yeah, you can feel the time at some places and some of the effects. I would have went a different way with them, but overall, I thought it was really good. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. I know uh, Tiger Claw posted earlier. I don't. I think it was in our Facebook group. Posted the Doctor Sleep trailer too. I I saw that. That played before the movie, and oh. that looked amazing. Really? Okay. Yes. Oh my God! I want to see that so badly. There's no. Was that a book too? Did Stephen yeah. King do a sequel? Yeah, and actually, and it connects. It connects to um 
to The Shining and to it and to what's the other one? Well, it's the boy. It's the boy, the survivor from. Uh, yeah, it from has. The to, it has to connect to The Shining. Yeah, but no, but it connects to another. Um, because there's another book that has a cult, and then that cult is trying to find a girl that has The Shining, and uh, I don't know if that's what the trailer was, but um, yeah. Okay, and and Doctor Sleep. The Danny from from The Shining has to protect her, even though he wants nothing to do with what his powers are or anything, you know. Yeah, and then they go back to the hotel. Yeah, which uh, I'm not sure if that happens in the book, but I, I could see why they feel like they would have to in the movie. I'm just glad I get to see the twins again. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. and that's the thing. Like, if you make a like, because the book is like a sequel to The Shining, but only in character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's. It's not the hotel was just part of like Danny's life in that moment, like not his life, you know? Right. We'll see. I mean, again, we're not gonna be like, oh, I read the book and then, you know, but yeah. All right, Oz, you got that heavy metal minute, right? Yeah. Okay. So go ahead, do that, and then we'll jump in the news right after. It's that time again. Heavy metal minute. This week, we learned that Tool has gotten the number one spot on the Billboard 200. Now, that means it beat out the Taylor Swift, which we projected last week would do. And, you know, the people are mad or whatever. But what gets me a little bit more irked is that Billboard said that it's the first rock act to break that number one spot in a year. And when you look to see who did that a year ago, it was a Dave Matthews thing. Dave Matthews ain't rock. But... Look, Tool got it. I'm happy for it. I didn't go and do enough research to go see who did it before that. But I'm sure it's probably like a Guns N' Roses or something. Um, but yeah, then there's also in the news, we've got, you know, we've always heard these stories of, you know, the little kid getting attacked by a wolf in Norway, but he happens to be playing uh, some black metal on his phone and the noise drives off the wolf. Yeah, we heard that. We also heard the the cougar that almost attacked a, a jogger in Northern Jeez. California, and she was blasting Metallica, and the cougar ran away because of the music. Now they're actually using that to clear bison out of the roads at Yellowstone National Park. The law enforcement there just blasts ACDC's Highway to Hell and, and I don't know, your favorite ACDC song through their loudspeaker, and... You know, the bison clear the road. So there you go. The heavy metal helping society. Keeping the bison safe and the people safe. Uh, another thing that happened in the news this week. Uh, the Post Malone. Uh, I know it's not heavy metal, but it's heavy metal adjacent. Post Malone released a song with Ozzy Osbourne on it. And a bunch of Post Malone fans don't know who Ozzy Osbourne is. And... There's people actually getting mad talking about, oh, these guys are fucking idiots and all this shit. And, you know, basically generating buzz for these this Post Malone song. And what bothers me is how, like, if you actually look at those tweets that don't know who Ozzy Osbourne is, and you look at them side by side for the tweets of people that didn't know Paul McCartney, who Paul McCartney was when Kanye West put him on one of his songs... They're almost verbatim, like cut and paste. So I don't know if people are just fucking 
with people trying to react and reenact that event, or if these suits are just generated fakely to get people to butt against each other to generate buzz. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being paranoid. I don't know. Uh, Tribulation will do. Uh, will release a double live album called Alive and Dead in Sutre Theater. I guess that's Sutre Theater in Swedish. Um, that's the, set to come out November 29th. There's also a DVD version of it. This is a specifically uh, appealing news to me because every time Tribulation comes around, I always miss it. Our schedules do not align. I don't know why. I even have to buy bootleg shirts for Tribulation because there's no... Maybe now it's different, but when I was trying to get a Tribulation shirt, you can buy one in the U.S. at all. You can only buy it if you see it live. And yeah, it's, it's much to my chagrin, but pre-orders for that double album and DVD start September 27th, and the release date is November 29th, 2019. I'm Moses Magnum. This has been a Heavy Metal Minute. We should have a like, uh, like her. Uh, <laughs> well, not not like that, but like. I still blame Lawrence. It is Lawrence. It's he's haunting us. His his little like techno uh, deficiency like haunts us. Well, I am using his Skype account, and I think oh, it's a, true. Yeah. Like from from the second. That I, I signed in, all my all my settings changed on my computer, and I still actually haven't gone through everything. That's no good. There's some Joker news. Joaquin Phoenix objected to Thomas Wayne being included in the DC Comics adaptation. It says uh, Todd Phillips revealed that he believes star Joaquin Phoenix would have been much happier had the movie been titled Arthur instead of that. Uh, that's another art. Uh, it says Joaquin never liked saying the name Thomas Wayne. Todd Phillips says it would have been easier for him to make if the movie was called Arthur and nothing to do with any of that stuff. But in the long run, I think he got it and appreciated it. Which kind of goes back to what we always say, hey, this movie wasn't going to be a Joker movie. We just made it the Joker. Also, I don't like they called it a, the DC adaptation when they're not adapting anything. Right. That's that's the... Um, that that's. Uh, I mean, I could tell you who to blame for that. That's Josh Wilding over at comicbookmovie.com. You want to wanna give him shit for... Uh, for Calling it an adaptation, you can do that. Josh Wilding. I'm, I'm trying to find his Twitter handle. No? Well, it doesn't um, matter because he's not the only one doing it. Yeah, but, you know, it puts a face to the asshole. You know, Rotten Tomatoes is under fire for Joker receiving negative rating for, for same star scores that Marvel films got in positive rating. So it's got like five stars, but they call it fresh, I guess. It says right here, uh, Rotten Tomatoes is meant to be a helpful system to quickly see that what critics are saying about a movie. Or TV show, but some movie fans who take the service too seriously have crafted all manner of conspiracies about the site itself having its own agenda. The most recent example of which is a mediocre review for Joker being deemed rotten, while Marvel films with the same rating from the same critic are considered fresh. The simple explanation for this is that art is subjective and rating systems like these are useless as they remove all nuance from the discourse surrounding the film. Though some fans think it's confirmation that Rotten Tomatoes is having a bias. So it says right here, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home had 3 out of 5, 90%, and 
it had the little tomato. Joker has three out of five with 82% and the green splatter thing. And Avengers Endgame has three out of five with 94% and it has a little tomato. It does seem odd. Yeah. Uh, it says here the above tweet, because that was in a Twitter uh, feed thing. The above tweet notes that critic Nicholas Barber, who reviewed Joker for BBC.com, we actually uh, quoted him last week. I believe he's the guy that called it pernicious garbage. It says, gave the film three stars out of five, which which is deemed rotten on the site. However, Barber also gave Spider-Man Far From Home three stars, which is considered fresh on the site. Nicholas Barber replied, uh, they tweeted him and said, uh, honest question, you gave the film three out of five stars, which is on the pretty good side. But the review is shown as a negative review on Rotten Tomatoes. Nicholas Barber replied, no idea. I suppose someone at Rotten Tomatoes makes the call, but I don't know. Mission Impossible. uh, Here's another example. Mission Impossible Fallout has 97% with 3 out of 5 rotten. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom has 48% uh, audience review with 3 out of 5 fresh. That movie sucked. Fallen Kingdom? Yeah. Did I seek I think I saw Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, it's not good. It completely contradicts the movie before it. Yeah. It's like, I'm not even sure the people that wrote that movie saw the first movie. <laughs> where are my There was a, another controversy with, <clears throat> with the Joker movie where people were saying that it's going to make people be violent. Yeah, because it, it's kind of that influence thing where, oh, Surprise, surprise, Joe. Tiger Claw says, I liked Fallen Kingdom. I know, he did. I know. <laughs> the thing is, the people saying this are saying, well, this is what this movie is about, and this is how it's going to make people get violent, but they haven't actually seen the movies. Oh, then that's... You no, know, it happens all the time. Yeah, if they've actually seen the movie and can see, oh, it's glorified, it's, you know, you because you can understand him and identify with him, you can act like him because of what you saw, then then I can see it. But if you didn't see it, you can't really say that. As much as I love talking shit about stuff I haven't seen, I can't say that it's going to make people do that. Although... It doesn't matter. Like, whatever happens in the movie does not give you just cause to go out and be violent. Right. And the movie can't actually make you be violent. You can make yourself be violent. You could try and blame a movie, but that's bullshit. Yeah, can't blame anything. Like you blame the dude that does it. That's it. Yeah, and the the people that made the movie had to come out and say that uh, no, he's he, like even though you kind of understand where he's coming from, he's still the he's still bad. He's still a bad dude. Like they don't, they, he's not a, a hero in this story. He's still an asshole. He's still, he's still bad. You can just kind of see how he gets to that point. Okay. Well, here's something that will might make Oz be violent. The booster gold, the big fall is pushed back another two months. Yeah, I saw that, but it's not that big a deal because it's not new stuff. Yeah. That's, that's old booster gold stuff. But you want to buy hardcover though? Maybe. I, I probably have some of those issues somewhere, but I, I might just have like the like like it all collected because I'm sure I don't have all of those. That's a that's a big fucking book, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think it's the run from like ten years or something. It says um, DC's this hardcover is the first time DC has collected the first twelve issues of Dan Jurgens and Mike DeCarlo's Booster Gold series from 1986 in color oh yeah see i might not even have those if they're all from 86 yeah yeah um, i'll probably get it but it's not like i mean i could probably go to a shopping and find it now like find the find those issues and 
I, what I guess the reasoning behind it is because uh, Dan Didio has stated that he wanted to rethink how the publisher collects material moving forward. So I guess it doesn't fit with what he wanted. But the Big Fall was um, set to include some design material and unpublished story pages. But it's only pushed back. It's not canceled. So you're not going to shoot up anybody. Yeah, it would it would piss me off more if it was like new shit. Like he had a book planned to like a new book and that got delayed. Then I'd be a little upset. But it, this and the, those books were not color originally. So I think they're coloring them in. Were they? I think that was the, the thing about this book is that it's in color. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, it's DC, so they got to get little children to color and it takes <laughs> a while. They don't always stay in the lines. But some of these comic people don't stay in the lines. You ever look at any of the black costume saga for Spider-Man from the original? Like, you could tell, like, they just inked everything black and then went with a blue Sharpie around the, the white parts. Just for the highlights? Yeah. And, but, like, you could tell, it's like, oh, this, he used a chisel tip here. And he used the, the pointy tip here. Um, it's going to be 40 bucks, 320 pages. It'll be out on Larry's birthday, 1127. Wait, 12 issues and we're talking 300 pages? Because it has a lot of bonus material. It's got to have, that's a shit ton of bonus material. And also back then, the, page, the they were like 28 page comics. Yeah, but that was with ads. No, I think they were story pages. Like Let's say it was 24. Right. 24 times 12 is... Where's my calculator sound effect? Ah, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you got to have that ready all the time. How the it's fuck often are we doing math? I try to do it once every other show. But it's 288 pages. And then you have probably your, your forward, probably by Dan Jurgens. You know, that that's a good five pages. And then if you get, or if you get somebody else like that really likes the character, like let's say like a Neil Gaiman or Grant Morrison, could go on easily five pages. Then you got like a little bit of afterward talking, you know, stuff talking about these characters. Plus, it said it had unpublished story pages that didn't weren't in the original issue, so they're probably mixed in to each issue. Like, you know, kind of makes the story a little more packed. You know, that right there is like a good easy 300 pages just with that. And then you probably have the cover pages, like they just give you the covers. That's 12 pages right there. So 320 is a, pretty reasonable. Were they doing multiple variants in the 80s? They weren't doing multiple variants, but I know what they do. They like to do in these collected editions, they like to give you the covers without any of the barcode or issue number shit, just like the like the art. Because sometimes they also crop the art. Um, oh, Jason Pearson on Facebook posted, he did for one of these, I think, I think it was like a House of X or one of these, he did one of the covers. No, no, no. It was for one of these image books and they cropped it forward because he drew naked ladies. So instead of like blurring out the nipples, they just cropped it. So you don't, you just see from the shoulder above on the ladies and then they recolored it because he colored it too dark or didn't like it, didn't fit what the logo was going. So he like, he posted his original art with his own colors and then the cover. So they'll probably, like, when that book comes out on trade paperback, they'll probably have the unedited original image in there. That's an extra page, you know? Yeah. I'll get it because it's Jurgens is run. Yeah, and he's a stand-up guy now. Yeah, he's the best goddamn writer in the DC universe. Which reminds me, I'll probably, when Lawrence gets back is when I'll probably mention this. But I'm reading more Morrison books. Yeah. Have you continued reading Green Lantern? Yeah, just because, well, it's on my pull list now because I know... After issue 12, it's done. Yeah. And then it turns into something else. So I kind of, if I'm going to read that something else, 
I, I should know how we get there. Have you looked at any of the something else art yet? No, is that already out? It's not out, but because I'm friends with the artists, you can't see me do the quote unquote. Um, I've seen it. Yeah, no, I read something else by Morrison that when I saw it at the shop, I just thought it was so ridiculous, but awesome at the same time that I, I just had to buy it. What was it? It's a, it's a little book called Claws. Oh, okay. And it's the origin story of Santa Claus. Yeah. As told by Grant Morrison. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to like that. Yeah, I got to, yeah. I, I I just been, I haven't, I haven't read the whole thing. I just looked at some of the art because the art is just great in it. Seeing a, a buff-ass Santa Claus with a sword in a, in a sack of toys. Awesome. There's a guy on Facebook saying that Titans is going to cross over to Infinite Crisis on Infinite Earths. I don't think so. Just the, the shooting schedule alone, the, though they're still shooting season two of titans it just it does it doesn't work but it, it's and it's not even that big of a deal because i mean we're getting brandon routh superman and smallville superman the head dude at arrow said never say never when asked if titans would ever cross over but i don't know how much power he has there you know like yeah, in that's terms just, of that's just him like you know keeping Keeping the show in the news, essentially. I wouldn't mind if the whole... Well, you don't watch any of these shows. The last season of Arrow ended with with the Monitor coming to get uh, Oliver Queen to, to join him. So I wouldn't mind if the whole last season of Arrow, which is going to be cut in, ca- in half, every episode is him in a different universe. That would be kind of cool. Like one episode, he's in the Smallville universe. The next episode, he's in... You know, the Batfleck universe or whatever. It's just have, having having him go through all this all this stuff would be cool to watch. It feels like tonally though, um, Titans would fit in with the CW verse. It would fit with Arrow, maybe Batwoman. Although I haven't like we've only had that one crossover episode. I don't know if it fit with uh, with Supergirl and, or any of the other shows because all the other shows are fun. Arrow's the only show that's that's that got that serious tone to it. And Black Lightning too. Black Lightning, yeah, I guess it's it's more serious. With Black Lightning supposed to be in the crossover too. Yeah, I heard that. It, it's a more serious show. Yeah, I guess. I get. Yeah, Black Lightning. I I can see that working. That's yeah. All right. Yeah. But up to this point, Black Lightning isn't part of the Arrowverse. And in fact, even if he shows up in in Infinite Crisis, unless they they bring the worlds together, like like the first Crisis. Yeah. Then I think he still won't be. I think that's a th- yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna watch that Crisis, but I'm not gonna watch leading up to. It. Well, no, you haven't watched since like what halfway through season one of all the shows. No, 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 no. I I stopped watching Legends of Tomorrow when he. When Jonah Hex did the sign of the cross. Right. Halfway through season one. Yeah. And then I stopped watching Flash when he did when yeah, when they did the elongated man. That's like season four. Oh yeah. So you got through a lot of that. Yeah. And I stopped watching Arrow when he got the Outsiders. And that was like season six, I think. Wait, the Outsiders? When did he yeah. get the Outsiders? He got the guy in the hockey mask. Like he got those people that are heroes but not really heroes. And that guy Tyree from Walking Dead is like the mobster guy. Yeah. Oh, you went deep in Arrow then. Yeah, I, I got I got through Arrow a lot. Like I went through a lot. Like they still have the best Rage on Ghoul ever, except for the cartoon, of course. But the best live action Rage on Ghoul they have. Even the fight between him and Rage on Ghoul is better than the one in Batman Begins. Yeah. Do so you watch the Suicide Squad? Yeah. 
both. Yeah, that was, they had one that was the original one, and then they had the one that was like not like the movie. Yeah, that was that was a good episode. And they had uh, Tara Strong as Harley Quinn. Yeah, who said she, even though they didn't show her face, she still painted it white for that scene. I believe it. You can kind of see it in the glass. No, I I saw the picture. <laughs> she she did. Like, but that's it. She didn't like put a mask on or anything. She just like put white on her face. It's Tara yeah. Strong in white face. What else? I you know. Supergirl, I, I I tried to watch, I couldn't. And then Light, Lightning, I only watched two episodes, and it was good, but I was watching other stuff. Black Lightning yeah. is good. It gets a little preachy, but it it's still a good. It's really good show. But these days, you kind of need a little preachy. Like they gotta have some kind of purpose, you know, not just the superpower and not just the sense of responsibility. It's a little bit more of, of hardline ethics. What else am I missing from that? That's it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But did you watch the last crossover? Yeah, the one with the well, the the crisis, but like like crisis light. Okay, and that kind of rolls over into another story where there's a rumor that they want to do a Green Lantern TV show. Yeah, I think I I talked about that when they did the the last crisis, the last crossover, because they had '90s Flash come into to the regular Arrowverse. And he sees Diggle, and he's like, whoa, you're not wearing your ring. Yeah. And then after that, there's episodes where the, where you find out his, his dad name, his dad's last name is Stewart. So it's actually John Diggle Stewart, John Stewart. That's so, so weird. Yeah, and so people are thinking, well, it, they, they could do a spinoff John Stewart show. Well, they already had that on Comedy Central. Well, yeah, but I mean, this, like, this is John Stewart before he gets political. Before he goes daily, just weekly. Yeah. Plus, you know, they, they race swapped them for that. So. Well, they race swapped them for the new one too. For the new one? Yeah, the new Daily Show was, was a black guy. Well, yeah, because they were trying to fix it, but he's not John Stewart. No, but somebody else but, got the ring. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that would go. I, they did that too, like when they did the the Dark Knight Returns version of Arrow, and the the Green Arrow in there was Connor Hawk, which is supposed to be um the Green Arrow's son. But he ended up being John Diggle's uh, son. John Diggle's adopted son. It's actually, what's the other black guy's name? Tiger something Tiger. He was one of the villains in in the Suicide Squad that had like the the fake ass Wolverine claws. Yeah, yeah. And, King Tiger, not King Tiger. Well, it, it's his son. And after he gets killed, well, he's gonna go on a mission that he's gonna get killed. Diggle promises to take care of him, take care of the son, and then the son's name is Connor. Hawk. That's still dumb. It is. It is because yeah, it should have been. It should have been Oliver's kid, which they made into something else completely different. Yeah, like they actually were showing him leading up to that era, that that uh, green emerald knight returns. Um, and then it was yeah, that was this is a word. It says uh, heck, there's no part of this. Says when is that crisis? That should be somewhere around like December, right? I think it's actually gonna be next year next year yeah well 2020 i mean so, probably the the spring no that can't be right they always do it before the winter break maybe like we have to look that up we'll we'll tell you next week heck. we're busy doing the show <clears throat> yeah and actually because you didn't you didn't see the last season of of arrow but the flash forwards was oliver queen's kid uh solving a mystery is it gonna be like green arrow 666 no, he wasn't Green Arrow at all. He he was just a dude. I think he he starts a business at some point, but he's no, no he's no powers or nothing at all. In fact, the the only person that knew how to fight was Oliver Queen's daughter. I 
forget what the hell her name was. Spoiler two? No, not spoiler. It's not Stephanie either. Yeah, I don't know. It's something that I'd have to look up. Mm-hmm. But but that was, I mean, it was some cool stuff where I think they're going to cross it over with, with Batwoman. Because there's that a one point where they're in in like a, a police evidence locker and that's where they have like the uh dark knight the dark knight uh bane mask is in there and but so is the the mr freeze gun from from the the movie mm. so like a lot of cool stuff in this evidence locker yeah we'll see how that goes uh they pulled the second superman issue from year of the villain crossover there's a new pe- uh they put the cover so they're gonna do a new cover uh, back in August, we reported that Superman number 14 and Supergirl 33 were the event, and we pulled those covers for some reason. I think it has something to do with Ivan Rice, because those were Ivan Rice covers, too. But I don't know what's the deal with that, but we're going to get a different cover. Well, I just read something that you're going to hate. What? Jonah Hex is going to be back for the for the Infinite Crisis. I mean, yeah, like as long as he doesn't do the sign of the cross, I already know it's an inferior Jonah Hex. Well, well, do you think he was better or worse than the movie Jonah Hex? He was worse. Uh, Sign of the cross aside. If you take that part out of the equation, still better or worse? He was a better actor. Okay. Like, honestly, like the Jonah Hex movie, the problem with the Jonah Hex movie was just that they didn't do it right. Like the script was wrong. Story was wrong. Also, Megan Fox was like airbrushed cinematically where she looked like she's made out of plastic. Yeah, but I don't care about that. Like, I don't, I don't watch those movies for the chicks, you know. Like, especially not Jonah Hex movies. Well, no, it's not about watching it for the chicks. It's just that she doesn't look real. You know, I don't care. It's supposed to be the Wild West. Uglier her up a little bit. She doesn't have to be super hot. I mean, if you're gonna, yeah. Look again. If you're gonna get part of these things, it's the suspension of disbelief. And uh, and whatnot, but you know DC can't even get it right. Like it was a western, all star western starring Jonah Hex taking place in Gotham in nineteen eighty something, in eighteen eighty something. Uh, that's like that's dumb. Like how are you gonna call a title all star western but it takes place in Gotham? Like it's in the East Coast. Yeah. By the way, that crossover starts December eighth. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And it's five parts. Huh? It is. Let's see. Supergirl, Batwoman, Flash. Uh, then they're going to go on a break, and it'll pick up again in January 14th with Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, that's five. So they're going to stop halfway and make you wait a month. Okay. So I'm just going to wait till the week before and just watch them all together. Yeah, you might as well, because I'll probably watch them when they come out, but then I'm going to have to rewatch them before the new ones come out. So so what's the deal? Are we going to talk about the first half, or are we just going to wait till it's all done? I, we're going to have to. At least I will. I'm probably the only one that's going to watch it. I don't know if, if Lawrence is going to watch it or even be available for the show. If, if we're going to talk about it, I'll watch it. I mean, I always say that and then not watch it. Right, like, like Titans? Yeah, like Titans. <laughs> I totally forgot that shit existed. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm over here. <laughs> so, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I did my heavy metal minute. I, I'm working on a side segment to do as stuff in between each show because we only put a show out every eight days. So I wanted to create content in between. I did that. I read what I had to read or, you know, or enough. I read enough to talk about what I was going to talk about. I read the news and I'm like, man, it's four o'clock. I have all this extra time. What am I doing? I started watching YouTube videos on how to like maintain a bonsai tree. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm like, man, is this what it feels to be like efficient? Like not you do all your pre-production earlier in the week, everything like I even did my heavy metal minute twice because I fucked up and it only re- like when it exported the file, it only did the last 16 seconds of it, not the whole file. So I had to redo it. Uh, you know, the, the, the one we actually played today was a four minute version of it. It was six minutes initially. But I don't know where those other two minutes went. When I did the second time, it was shorter. I, I don't know what. I don't know what it was. I don't know what I said or didn't say. It was all stream of consciousness. And then I'm like, man, I did all this and I got, and that cooked dinner too. So I'm like, wow, like this is what it feels like to be real efficient at what you do. And then when you mentioned Titans, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I apologize. But now my bonsai will live. Wait, you actually have a bonsai? Yeah. But I, and I water it and stuff, but it's still looking a little like not as vibrant as it should look. And and I think I I think I've successfully cloned it too, so I can have another bonsai. But it's like this one should look a little better. So I started watching videos on on YouTube about how to maintain a bonsai. I got quite the garden going. Uh, I'll send you some strawberries. Yeah, I'll send you some cannabis. <laughs> It's going in the garbage. It's <laughs> it's so crazy because I tried like. You know, with cannabis, you have to be, like, careful. Cause careful? It's, it's a fucking weed. Yeah, but, you know, everybody that's a, a grower tells you, oh, you got to have these light rigs and everything, you know? So they bullshit you into thinking. So I, they're like, oh, what you do is you germinate it first and then plant it. So, like, you just set it on your router in a moist paper towel. And then it never, like, it never germinated. And then I actually germinated a, a cantaloupe in my sink at work so and then i planted that and it's growing great so i'm like oh you know what i'm gonna germinate this cannabis there didn't work i tried doing you know a hydroponic germination where it's all you leave it in water and then it sprouts and then you plant didn't work. i got pissed and just got the rest and i just threw them in this dirt here take this fucking dirt fuck you guys you guys ain't doing shit now i got like six plants sprouting at once from yeah. one pot yeah it's a fucking plant it's germinated in a paper towel it's you know what put it in dirt Throw some water on it. Yeah, that's what I did. And here we are now. Hecting Chat says, Mo Zen as fuck. I try to be, man. I have to because I, I, I'm i I'm prone to rage. Like, I can, if I had powers, I'd be a villain. But I'd be like, like not like a, a chaotic villain, more like a... Like the Punisher. You you punish the people you see are, are bad. Probably, yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you're not really... If you're that prone to rage, you're not really equipped to judge right either you know what i mean right well that's why you would still be a villain yeah i'd be like the fool killer you don't remember the fool killer dude i remember they tried to do that in the tv show and it was stupid yeah i like how they killed him finally though you never noticed he had a tiny little backpack huh i I didn't pay attention to that it still bugs me (laughs) tiny little back look with that play the wrap-up music we're gonna get on out of here i gotta watch bh90210 ah again with that Yo, some final thoughts. I'm looking forward to checking out the terror. You made it sound really good. Like, I want to try it out. Oh, I'm glad. Um, oh, let's give us some final thoughts. Go watch episode one, season two of Titans. Uh, I call it The Quest for Dick. <laughs> the Quest for Dick. <laughs> eh. Do you, would you say you got your fill of dick? Not yet. I got to watch it again. <laughs> You're going to get dick twice. Double dicked. 
uh, for Larry, who's basking in the humidity of a tropical rainforest jungle in Belize, and everybody here at allgames.com, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next week, or you'll listen to us again next week. Right here on our home for live broadcasting, allgames.com.